Hello everybody and welcome to Busy Playing Something, episode 29 of Busy Playing Something Live. I'm your host for today, Sean, and I'm joined by another full panel. You know what? We've started to get into the groove of it. We've got all three of us once again. We have Ricky El Nizzo and Joshua LaRosa. Gentlemen, we've been able to pull our eyes away from Sonic Frontiers and we have been able to be part of this podcast. How are we doing, Josh? You, you've, been stu- you've been stuck right into the game, haven't you? No, oh, I I ducked out <laughs> earlier this morning to grab it, and then I had it uh, installed, and I've I've gotten a good hour. Um, but I did also purchase Sonic, and I was like doing that thing in my head where I'm like, okay, Josh, why are you buying it when you don't plan to play it until God of War's finished, and it'll probably be cheaper. And then the OCD part of me was like, but you need to have it. So I've I'm uh, yeah that that that's been me. But no no uh, interstate trips this week. I put my phone on silent this week, so no no calls or messages. So I'm uh, somewhat prepared, but I'm well. How are you? Yes, I am. I'm very good, thank you. Uh, I haven't jumped into the uh, the Sonic or God of War um, hype, as it were. I'm still. I'm just starting first God of War. I'm, I'm like, you know, it's about time. I'll probably, you know, play it. So I'm I'm getting I'm getting my way through there. I just beat the Stranger. For those of you who have played it, you'll know where I'm at. For those of you who don't know, uh, very early in the game. Um, so I'm getting there, but Ricky, what about yourself? You had a stream earlier on Twitch. You're playing a bit of uh, God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, I'm about uh, four hours in uh, so far. It's um, yeah, Boy. it's something. It's it's hard. It's hard not to just uh, gush <laughs> so okay. far. So now both of you have played a little bit of God of War Ragnarok. Now, obviously, we don't want any spoilers because it has come out. What today was it? With- Literally today, yes. Literally yeah, today. today. Yeah. So we don't want any spoilers, but I want you to try and summarize the game in a sentence in the time that you've had with it. So, Ricky, you've been playing it on stream for uh, a little bit longer than Josh has. How would you summarize it in a sentence? It's like a really, really nice uh, warm blanket. It's it's very nice to just sort of slip back in to the God of War world. Um, it's familiar and very enjoyable. All right. So that doesn't sound a little sexual with the uh, yeah, slipping the right slipping in right in the warm. Nice and warm. <laughs> I was I was trying to think of like a good analogy, better than my uh, my the toxic X analogy from last week. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just it's just it's just nice to be back. Honestly, just yeah. All boy. right. What about what about you, Josh, boy? It's not so much a one-line description of the game where it's more within moments of starting this game, you immediately are reminded that, you know, these first-party PlayStation games are some of the most amazing video games being created and, you know, only an hour in, but boy, oh boy, I'm in for a ride. Okay, so we will hear a little bit more about the game uh, over the next uh, couple of weeks, I'm guessing. Uh, you guys get stuck into it while I'm uh, busy playing chess on chess.com and old school RuneScape. But um, we are going to go to our icebreaker for uh, the episode today. And Josh, I've got a, I've got a question for you. It's something that you, we've kind of answered a little bit in the past, but I want to get your updated thoughts on this. Uh, mm-hmm. Is Game Pass profitable? No, no. Still, st- still sticking, oh, still sticking with it. I- I'm still sticking with with uh, the the answer in the sense: is it generating more 
money than it's costing, I'm still sticking to the point where it, I just don't think it's 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 the case. Okay. I know Phil Spencer said it's profitable and he was very, again, he, it's profitable for us, which can mean a whole bunch of different things. Um, and if those who are accountants out there, profitable doesn't always mean it's making more money than it's costing. It can mean a whole bunch of, I think it's referred to as Hollywood accounting, but um, look, at the end of the day, because uh, this is, this does keep coming up and will probably continue to keep coming up, they're committed one way or the other, whether it is profitable now or where, whether it won't be profitable now or whether it will be profitable in the future, they're, they're committed to it. So I think ultimately you can put the conversation to rest, but yeah, I, I don't necessarily believe profitable for us means that it's, you know, making more money than this it's costing because there's also opportunity costs and all that that go in it, but yeah, it's great to see it's doing well. It's a great service, and um, who cares, really? <laughs> yeah, no, that is true. It is a great service. A lot of people do use it. Ricky, like, you've used Game Pass, uh, I'd say in the past, but you've used it recently as well, just to try games that you haven't normally, you know, wanted to sink your teeth into. You've kind of seen it there. It's been free. It's been available. And you thought, hey, why not? Give it a go. Like, yep. Game Pass is working for you, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and I think uh, Josh is right. The actual question now isn't, is it profitable? I think they are committed to this platform and as long as they're seeing any sort of growth uh, amongst the the user base, then they are going to see that as a win. Uh, Whether that eventually does end up turning into a net profit across the board for them, uh, I don't think we'll ever really know. Microsoft have always played their uh, hand pretty close to their chest when it comes to numbers, even like console numbers. We've never actually gotten any sort of concrete console numbers until usually years after the generation is over. So I think it's, uh, we've talked about it ad nauseum on the podcast, but I think it's it's the wrong question at the end of the day. I think Mm. uh, as long as Xbox are happy with the platform and and are seeing just growth in general, then they're going to look at that and go, hey, to us, it is a profit at the end of the day. And I just want to say this, Sean, before we, we move on. For those that are that, that are seeing this, hearing this, and going, what the hell, Josh? Like, what do you know? Like, really, what, what in, in reality, what do you actually know if it's profitable or not? Ask yourself this question. If Game Pass was profitable, would Microsoft announce it as part of their quarterly earnings call or part of their earnings financial call, you know, that they do quarterly? Most likely. It's a pretty big thing to announce. Having it randomly said in an interview isn't the way Microsoft would be screaming from the rooftops if this thing was in fact profitable. So keep that in mind. Yeah, profitable is different to making money. But look, you, yeah. you, you got to hand it to them. They, they're starting to yeah really kick back into what Game Pass has been able to do, which is bring really good games to a wider audience. So for example, just yesterday, um, like Football Manager 23, which I know you guys don't care about, but for those people who kind of want that next level of FIFA, Football Manager is the place to do it. Football Manager 23, which is the latest one, that's now available PC console on Game Pass as of yesterday, as well as Return to Monkey Island, which is going to... just launched, Persona, like there's heaps of great stuff in Game Pass at the moment. Yeah, so like I, I think Game Pass is in a pretty good place. Uh, it will be interesting to see what happens next year, especially with a lot more first-party titles coming to it. There's going to be a larger push to get people onto Game Pass. Now, that's not to say that they haven't been trying to push people onto the service over the last 12 to 24 months, but I think we're going to start to see a little bit more of a resurgence in marketing. 
I think it's going to start to you know be seen a lot more in public circles about people trying to get onto Game Pass and how Game Pass is such a great service, yada, yada, yada. And on top of that, I think there's going to be a price increase. Oh, yeah. And, and that, that's actually another thing they spoke about. But on the Game Pass topic, like the, the whole price increase, that's a completely separate thing. But on, on Game Pass, where I think Microsoft really want to see it is when they acquire Activision, they have a mobile version of Game Pass that gets some streaming of their games. Plus, hey, Candy Crush is in here. Um, Call of Duty Mobile's in here. Like, you know, Di- Diablo Immortals in here. And then that's when you open it up to, you know, your millions upon millions of players. Um, and then that's where it, it can take up steam. Like, they even spoke about the the console adoption of Game Pass is starting to slow down, right? Um, but they're seeing a lot of uptake in PC. So PC and mobile is really where it's at. And you forget the K in ABK is a very big part of that that deal. So, um, and that that's king for those who don't know. So, yeah, that, that that's pretty much my um, my answer to that question. All right. Well, we will move on from talking about Game Pass. We're going to be talking about uh, the other side of the fence, and that's PlayStation. For the first topic of the shoe report, we are getting into it a little bit quicker this week than we usually would. And that's because we've got a couple of big topics. We are going to be talking about the Game Awards a little bit later on. However, I want to talk about PlayStation. I want to talk about the PlayStation VR 2. And what the fuck does PlayStation think they have? What right do they have to come over here to Australian shores and say people will pay $880 more than a console for a VR unit? Where do they get the audacity? Ricky, what do you, what do you think about the pricing? So the PSVR unit, for those of you who don't know, the PSVR 2, $880. $879.99 for those of you who want to be sticklers. Ricky... Is it like, do you think the price point is worth it? Well, firstly, I think technically Sony gets all of its uh, um, audacity from Japan. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big, 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 big call to make. Um, pricing a peripheral above the cost of a console, uh, which will be launching with what? A game, two games, a handful of games. We. We really don't have much going on. We've got we've got a games list, but that's for release of 2023. This will probably launch with probably a sort of like version of the um, a PlayStation like Playroom, like a essentially a tech demo, giving you sort of an idea of like all the features of the game, the VR worlds, something to that effect. Yeah, um, and then obviously we've got the the big one, the big ticket item. I think they've been pushing his horizon uh, call of the mountain. Yeah, it's it's a lot, but honestly, after uh, I think what two weeks ago when they launched the the price of the the PlayStation Edge controller, yeah. which is over half the price of a console for a controller. Honestly, he's sitting here now two weeks later. I'm not actually shocked. I'm not actually that shocked. Uh, but it, it is definitely like I, I did say this when we heard that PSVR two were coming was like. I want this to be like the the entry point for a lot of people, the affordable point for a lot of people to jump into the VR market as as like what PS the original PSVR was. This really puts it up there with like a lot of the the PC based VR systems. So it, it does sort of 
still leave that barrier of entry for a lot of people wanting to get into VR being like, I just bought a PS5. It cost me seven, $800. And you expect me to turn around and spend another 800 something dollars for a peripheral that allows me to play a, like a, not even a 10th of the games that come out on the PS5, even less a 20th of the games that come out on the PS5. So I'm sure that there is a reason. I know we've seen a little bit of the tech specs and it's definitely a massive improvement. It's a huge generational leap over PSVR. But I think that that price point is really going to give a lot of people pause before thinking about actually grabbing the PSVR too. Now, Josh, let's uh, let's, let's bring the outrage back down a little bit. Let, 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 let's think logically about this, okay? So mm. the PlayStation VR 2 is considered to be entry level for VR. A lot of major VR units for PC, they're over a grand. So this is already below that point. Not only that, PlayStation has been pushing that they're going to have 20 games available at launch. One of them being, obviously, Horizon Call of the Mountain as their major first-party title. And they do have more first-party titles on the way. Now, as much as it is more expensive than a console, just by $80, by the way, as much as it is cheaper than a PC alternative, do you think they've hit the nail on the head in terms of value for money for what it offers? Uh, <laughs> look, I think it's a it's a very tricky question. Um, and the reason you can hear me clicking away, I'm just trying to do some research and do some analysis on what VR1 looked like. I think that the price itself, you know, compared to so what it was eight what is it, 830 it's, odd it, dollars so okay so australia wide um it's 879.95 when the ps vr yep. for the playstation 4 launched it was around about that 469.95 so 470 so we're looking at roughly about 400 dollars more in today's terms and it's what a six-year difference yeah, and that's the thing, right? Like, I think the issue that I've got with this VR unit that's gotten me less excited is the software and not so much the cost of the hardware itself. VR itself is expensive, right? Whether you're looking at a PlayStation VR unit or you're looking at an Index or any of the other ones in the market, right? They are anywhere, you know, some you can get some VR units. I think the Valve, one of the Valve ones, like $700 or the, sorry, the Oculus MetaQuest is $800 online at the moment here in Australia. But there is models out there like the Hive and the Valve ones that are upwards of $1,000. I think when VR originally launched, PlayStation VR in 2016, right? It was priced, I think, here in Australia, I remember seeing it around, what would you say it was? 400 it was, it was and... about 480 well, About $480. $470, $480. Yeah, and, and depending on where you go, say four ninety nine, let's just round it up to five hundred odd dollars, right? So it's about three hundred and thirty dollars or three hundred and fifty dollars more expensive now for the next for the VR two. I think PlayStation's coming at it <laughs> in a, a very different mindset. The first VR was literally, uh, not literally, it's not the right word, but hypothetically, kind of duct taped together, right? Yeah. Here's your VR unit. You're using PlayStation Move controllers from you know the the PS3 generation that's years old. You need to get the PlayStation camera. So cost-wise, if you actually step it back, PSVR original only came with the headset for that four hundred odd eighty dollars. Doesn't didn't come with controllers and didn't come with the camera. Five sixty so, came with the camera. Five sixty, right? So yes, this is much more expensive, right? Even at five sixty, we're at two three hundred dollars difference for for the VR two. But this is a brand new unit. 
kind of compared to some of the PC competitors out there, it's actually seen to be, from a developer perspective, a lot of them say that this is outpacing some of the current PC higher-end VR units, right? The, the technology that Sony's built into this from a resolution perspective, from all the haptics and everything else from a LCD display resolution perspective, it's actually outpacing a lot of, of the competitors. So the pricing is interesting. I do think that after the, the increase of the PS5 cost, right? So the, the, the actual, you know, the price increase that we saw with PS5, I do think that we saw a price increase on this unit above and beyond what the original plan was. And the reason why I say that is Sony historically, and I'm, I'm talking US now, historically always launch at X99, right? 199, 299, you know, PS1, 399, 599 for PS3, 999, um, 399 for PS4. Like it's always 99, um, and then the 49, the next that kind of additional $50 is what we saw the increase, you know, to to be. So I think this unit, and didn't Oculus also increase the price of their their VR unit? by you know a couple of hundred dollars they, recently yeah, o- as well oculus did um hive didn't so yeah it was mostly through meta yes um but they are seeing that their competitors out there at slightly more increased now the vr unit here it, it, sorry in the us is launching at 549.99 which goes back to my point that's not a usual pri- playstation pricing scheme so i would say that they originally were planning to launch this at 499 but I think they probably felt that to avoid having to look the fool and say, hey, we're having to increase the, the cost by $50 because of inflation, they've just gotten ahead of it. And I think their competitors being slightly more expensive or increasing their, their, their purchase price or you know adding in additional costs, they've kind of been able to hide behind that because now they don't look so far off. My biggest concern with, with VR isn't the price. I'm aware that this thing's going to be expensive. I, I appreciate that VR is still a new technology, very niche, um, and it's an expensive add-on to an expensive console. I get that. My issue is actually the software commitment. Um, so I don't know if we want to touch on that anymore, or, or Sean, if yeah, you had no, any other no, thoughts so, on the pricing. So, no, uh, like pricing, I think we've basically covered it. But yeah, the software is kind of... That's the key argument for the VR too. That I, I, I think isn't necessarily doing the rounds. A lot of people are focusing on that price point because for some people it is eye-watering. Like you're already trying to save, in Australia, you're trying to save $800 to get a PlayStation 5, let alone another $800 more so to get the unit. And then you're looking at $50, $60 games. So at the end of the day, are you going to think to yourself, is it worth it? And looking at the games list that they've already got. So we've got a couple of games that are coming soon. So things like Dark Pictures, Switchback VR, um, Cities VR, Enhanced Edition, Hello Neighbor, Search and Rescue. Like, are these console sellers? Chances are, no, they're not. They're nice third-party titles that they're going to help bring a little bit of depth to the library on the platform. But you look at even the first PlayStation VR, it didn't really have a lot of major first-party titles until they, until they started getting Farpoint, Bravo Team. Um, like Riggs. The, yeah, Riggs, <laughs> The London Heist. Uh, like, these sorts Astrobot. of yeah astrobot like these sorts of games and not so like this skyrim vr doom vr which are kind of like i even iron man vr to an extent they were kind of padding out the library so i i do also josh have an issue with the software i think 
it's great that they're planning on bringing first party titles to the platform i think it's great that they want to launch 20 titles straight up day one most of them between about 30 to 50 dollars each but at the end of the day does this console or does this peripheral have a seller is there a number one game that you must have to buy, buy this console and play that game and right it now could be horizon we don't know that, right and that's, like and that's a, what they're pushing yeah and and that's ultimately where, where the concern is right and i interesting that you brought up the you know the original vr launch right and that had some some you know here or there games or whatever but i think the difference there was that was the new technology at the time like vr playstation vr people forget like that was by far the most affordable way the most mainstream way for for players to get a hand on a vr unit right because it didn't it wasn't twice the price that you know some of these other vr units but we're beyond that now you've got other units out there that are priced pretty you know comparative to to vr and just to wrap up the the point on the on the pricing as well again you know we we're australian so we do focus a lot on on the australian thing and we are very much just a drop in the ocean in terms of uh, um, you know the, the wider gaming market where we are so far beyond from the top lists of the, the higher um, you know segments I think the pricing is painful because of two things one I, I like I said earlier I don't think the the cost of the unit that surprising especially in the US it's launching at $550 original VR was $399 again didn't include the camera didn't include the controllers by the time you did that you were paying basically what you're paying for for the VR2. The issue is Sony's launching a niche, let's call it a niche expensive product in a point in the world where we're going through somewhat of a global recession. People don't have that disposable income. We can't really blame Sony, right? They're not going to have known this was coming, but I think it's just unfortunate that they're launching this thing in in a in a world where i don't know if people will have this much disposable income to spend on a unit that doesn't have half-life alex there day one doesn't have horizon or it does have horizon but it's got horizon it's got half half-life alex and maybe i think they need one more three must buy must play vr games at launch and i don't see that you know, it's funny you mentioned that because you, we're talking about how, you know, things are tight and cost of living is high, like in Australia and not only that, the world, like it, it, even the economy over there, I can talk about that because that's, that's work. But like, even, even still PlayStation 3 came out, what, 2006? Yeah. When did the global financial crisis happen? Yeah. 2009? 2007. 2007? Oh, I don't know. I was, I was But that's the thing. Even... It happened, it yeah. happened straight after. <clears throat> and so they've like PlayStation launched this big console and the prime console that they had was $999. And then all of a sudden, global financial crisis hit. Yeah, sure, Australia wasn't necessarily affected as much as the rest of the world, but we still felt it. And so now, mm. like, there is that negative perception where when you've got these expensive toys or expensive experiences that are coming out and you don't have the money for it, the first thing you're going to think about is the price. And then you're going to think, yeah, and then you're going to think about, okay, well, if I can afford it, is it going to be worth my time? And so like, uh, Ricky, I want to pose this question to you because you don't have a PlayStation 5 right now. So, and and you are Mm -hmm. in the market for one. Obviously there are Mm -hmm. some, like some different versions out and all that sort of stuff. The price increase would probably also affect your decision. You don't have a PS5. 
are you even going to contemplate getting a PSVR 2? Or is that kind of like, you, you think you're going to get the, the console and then get the VR 2 in like 12 months time and like that's your next big purchase? Like, like how, how do you see it? I wouldn't even call this like a, a 12 months after I get a PS5 sort of purchase. This would be, I would probably wait a couple of years into its life cycle and wait for a price drop before even considering it. Um, yeah. I think I've said before, like like VR is something that I've like thought about and I'm like, do I, when do I jump into the market? Do I even bother? It's, it's still something that is relatively fringe and obviously there is a, a big outlay to sort of get into it, whether it is on console or PC. It doesn't really matter. Um, I mean, most of the PC-based ones, the reason you're paying for that, that like over a thousand, over two thousand dollars, is all the extra stuff you get. Um, you know, waste sensors. You got the different sensors in the room to sort of give you that virtual space. Wireless, um, like, mm. yeah, exactly. Yeah, wireless everything. Um, so even if I was to go out and get like a, the Meta or HTC Vive, the sort of basic standalone package would cost me a little bit more than this. But then again, it's like, well, if you got the HTC Vive then you want to get like the sensors for your hips and then you want to get the sensors for your room so it can tell where you are in, in the space even better and give you a better experience once you're in there and then it just it all starts to pile up and pile up and pile up. Mm. Um, so it is still a very like, it's a nice to have VR, it's a, it's a cool to have, but it's still not a must have. And I was hoping that PSVR 2 was going to swing us in that direction and then ideally it would change the landscape you know industry-wide bring prices down obviously we all know that you know good good competition breeds innovation and uh innovation ends up with you know managing to lower costs across the board so it would start to drag the prices down from the pc side of things as well as the console vr side of things and then everybody would be able to be like all right now we got an affordable price point but i feel like we're probably not gonna get there as quickly as we would have liked um with this price point but also i think in general uh you're right it's it's still a niche thing and if it doesn't move enough units then we're not going to see a price decrease two or three years from now it's still going to be at this price point because they can't justify producing enough to get to a point where the manufacturing costs all come down over time okay so yeah, it's it's um it's unfortunate. I was hoping for something a little bit cheaper, but if this is the price they've, they've chosen, then we've just got to sort of sit there and and you know the market will you know adjust itself. And there's always going to be those you know power users that are going to be like, it's Sony, I must have it, um and buy it. But beyond that, I think it's like I said uh, originally, I think it's still putting up a wall between. Uh, you know, the general consumer and jumping into the VR world. So would it be safe to say that if there was one sticking point with the PSVR 2 for yourself, it would be the price point? I think the price point more than the actual software uh, being released because I think uh, any software would be a cool experience having not really used VR before. So that's not my issue. Okay. Josh, for yourself... What what would be one thing that would like if you're considering buying the PSVR two? What would be the one thing that would get you over the line? Would it be a drop in price? Would it be that one killer app? 
it's got to be I, I think the price is fine like it's just it's vr is expensive it, it is what it is but i think it's it's software and we may not be done yet like sony haven't done a showcase i don't think they are going to do <laughs> no. one but they might have a, a state of play focused on new announcements for vr or have something at the game awards or you know like a surprise announcement there um it ultimately comes down to software and as someone who follows sony pretty closely you got to be wary of their commitment to things, right? Like v- uh, uh, Vita, for instance, the beloved Vita. Uh, you know, the, you know, there was a commitment there that didn't really happen. They had the move controllers. There was a commitment there that didn't really happen. Sony clearly sees something in VR because they've invested twice now. Um, but I think what this needs to be successful is a PlayStation first-party presence, because Horizon, as much as Horizon's there, Sony purchased Fire Sprite. So if you take Fire Sprite out of the equation with Call of the Mountain, there is still technically, well, there would have been technically no first-party game announced for this thing. Yeah. Right. I know it's in conjunction with Gorilla, but you know what I mean. That's not a good sign. I was I was expecting. For me, I'm expecting two first-party games at launch, and one big third-party grab, which I think Half Life Alex is that that game. Yeah. Which very much could be at the Game Awards, right? Because that that was you know Jeff Keighley's got a very strong connection there with that. It would game, be it so would be the thing. So, I think let's let's in a world where that that happens, I think they need one one other game. Whether that's Gran Turismo Seven is now getting VR support and it's you know full VR, which I think they that had that for come, Drive that Club sense. as well. Yeah, um, that's I think what it needs to be successful. Sony, I think, producing like two and a half million units for the launch period. They expect to sell a lot. Most analysts expect them to sell three three odd million units in a year, right? And it's because of two things. And Ricky actually touched on one of them. The one that Ricky touched on, there is, and people don't think it's true, but it, it is true. There is a fan base of PlayStation hardcore out there that will buy anything Sony make. It might be a, not a huge number, but it could be a few million units. Then there is uh, VR fans, right, that see this. It's very price comparative to, to the other units out there. They may have a PS5 or, or plan to buy a PS5. It, it could be appealing to them. So I think that this thing can be successful. It is expensive. It is launching at a time where people don't have that disposable income, but it is a long burn. And the only other thing I would add before we wrap this up, I think what, what VR PlayStation VR needs that the competitors currently have is like multimedia support, right? Like being able to watch YouTube in VR or, you know, video chat in VR. Um, I think some of the, the, I don't know if it's the MetaQuest or one of the Oculus VR units has the ability to play like non-VR games in with the headset on, right? So you're not necessarily experiencing the game in VR, but you, you're watching it with the unit on your head. Just little things like that, little side things that you can do um, beyond just playing, you know, software that's only on VR, like opening that up. And I think, you know, we're getting Resident Evil 8, playable in vr like seven was very successful that was the that was the seller the key seller for the original one was biohazard right like that was the the big thing so we're getting that i think they've committed to resident evil 4 will have some sort of vr support so there is stuff there but i think we need a big third party game day one and we need a first party uh, a second first party game announced day one all right well i i am considering so I'll, I'll give my two cents. I, I am considering the VR. Like I, I don't think the price point is enough to scare me away. Yes, I do think that software is an issue. But the one thing that would really get me over the line is some form of backwards compatibility. 
I, I think if they're able to provide that for you know any amount of PlayStation VR titles and bring them to the PlayStation VR 2, I already have a catalog. Not only for that, yet for free, PlayStation Plus. Like I have some physical as well, which I have kept purely because my PSVR machine, as I've I've heard in the past, may not be compatible with the PSVR 2. So I've hung on to those games. So that way, when I want to have my VR experience, I still have them. But if there was any form of backwards compatibility, I think that would almost get me over the line to say, yeah. okay, I'll sell the old one. I'll bring in the new one. And that's key. That needs to be there. Moss needs to be, Moss 1 and 2 need to be there day one. Iron Man VR needs to be there in day one. Um, Astrobot needs to be there in day one. Like, they need Bravo to be there. Bravo team, far point. Like, yeah. Uh, what's the Beat Saber? Like, all, Beat Sa- all that Well, stuff. Beat Saber's going to be on there. Yes, it is going to be on there. But yeah, that the, and I think there has been developers come out and say that they will be porting their VR games at no additional cost. Um, but I think it's worthwhile for Sony to do that. I know they don't do that for PS5, um, for, you know, that upgrade path. But I think for a new up-and-coming hardware niche market, they need to just say, we're going to wear the cost. We are not charging a consumer to upgrade MOS because at the end of the day, that just adds to the catalog, right? So you come in day one, here's, here's your exclusives, here's all the new stuff coming. But hey, if you've got PlayStation Plus, there are 10, 15 VR games that are free at the moment or whatever as part of that collection, that could be a good incentive uh, for PlayStation Plus. All free upgrades, ready to go day one. You don't even need to buy anything. You know, it's all, it's all there day one. So we'll wait and see, but I'm interested. I yeah, don't know if, if I'll if, be there day one, but I'll, I'm definitely considering. If there's, considering yeah. if, if there's one thing we know about Sony, it's definitely uh, pain-free, uh, user-friendly, backwards compatibility across all their platforms. Yeah, that's, yeah they're really, what really Sony's, good at that. What Sony's known for, yeah, that's really their bread and butter. Don't uh, remind you me. You know what? Like, even, <laughs> even if Call of Mountain was... the like Even if Horizon was the only first-party title, if they brought No Man's Sky, like that would be enough mm. for me to make the jump because yeah. I've got it on VR... I've got it on PlayStation. I've already invested time in this wor- in in these worlds, in this universe. If you let was... me play that with the with the new controllers and the new different like functional ways to be able to interact with things in the game, mm. I'm sold. Killzone the... VR, make it happen. Was the the look we got at um, VR No Man's Sky was that part of the Sony showcase? Uh... Early yeah. this year? Uh, I don't know if it was early. No, I don't know if it was early this year. But when they did, um, is it Beyond? Is that it's the, No Man's Sky Beyond? That that was yeah. shown at a PlayStation. Yeah. Um, so that's VR literally, thing. that's literally No Man's Sky with VR. Right. And I yeah, know yeah. because but I bought it. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So there's definitely like there's something there because I know like the Resident Evil Village VR look we got was part of the Sony uh, show in yep. June or July. So yep. there's there's definitely plans in place. It's just a matter of actually launching all the games and getting people excited about it. Mm. And it so. could just be God of War's here, let it breathe. True. Big blowout at the Game Awards. I, I can very, see that very too. True. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, we did ask a Twitter question about this, and the question was, are you buying a PSVR 2 day one? Now, Ricky, I'm going to take your answers tonight as a no. Josh, you would be a no at this stage? I'm adding in a third option. Can I convince Ooh, Naomi no. to let me b- purchase? No. <laughs> please, please mommy, let me buy it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, no, convince your wife. That's the three options. Yeah. I'm, I'm a tentative yes, 
because I, I like I, I do like being a, an early adopter, but I'm also I feel like there's going to be that one announcement between now and February when it does get launched, that will be enough to get me over the line. So mm. I'm a tentative yes at the moment. I'll probably put a pre-order down. I can still cancel it at any time, but if you're going to get it, you probably pre-order it. Uh, we had the Twitter prop poll, which 76.2% of people said, hell yes, they will buy the PSVR 2 on day one. And 23.8% of people said no. Now that tells me either one of two things. Either one, uh, this poll was posted in a PlayStation supporter group, or two, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people out there who have faith in the console. And Josh, as you were saying, the critics have faith that the console is going to sell. Sony is printing out units they think it's going to sell so it looks like there is a lot of hope for the console now for those of you who didn't manage to get onto our twitter poll that's fine there's always another twitter poll maybe even this week to find that you can find us on twitter at busy underscore play you can find all three of us actually on twitter uh, i'm at holy deprawn we got ricky at El- uh, budget seth rogan and we got josh at joshua Larosa. you can find all of our uh, twitter handles right there next to us uh, don't forget, you can find us on other platforms as well. So you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, on TikTok even, where we have a couple of nice, funny shorts on there. Uh, if you haven't already on YouTube, check out our YouTube shorts. Ricky does do a great job in doing those. And you can find the audio version of this podcast available on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and everywhere else that you do listen to Three Charming Young Lads. Is that right, Josh? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. You, you go out in the world looking for for charming Australian boys. Well, you you can't look no further. Look no, no look no further yeah. than the three white people you, you, yeah. sitting it's, here. It's either it's either here or um or backpacking through Ireland. That's where yeah. you find three Australians. Um, yeah. most definitely. All right. So we are going to move on from the PlayStation VR. We are going to, uh, as some people would say, let their hair down or at least relax the shoulders a little bit because we are now talking about the game awards for 2022 now the game awards are coming next month we don't have our nominees for game of the year but we thought you know what fuck it we'll get in early we're going to give our thoughts on who the nominees will be for the competition and to go into the running to win game of the year into the jeff Keeley please touch me tour of 2022 oh so, <laughs> let's not let's let's not name it that please <laughs> so um we've got there's there's six nominees usually every year so we're we've all of us have six nominees each we're going to go around we're going to mention a few of the games if we all agree with them we'll move them on if we don't we'll pass on them and then we'll get to the end and by the end of it we will have a busy playing something predicted game of the year nominees <laughs> for the game awards yeah and to make it crystal clear for listeners, this isn't our personal list. We'll have a busy playing something game of the year uh, discussion uh, towards the end of the year. This is us predicting what we think Jeff, Jeffy Jeff, will have on his list, uh, yeah, which yeah. I think he's announcing in the next week or two. Yeah, the mm-hmm. uh, the 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 Jeff. I'm really good <laughs> friends with Kojima Keely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm going to name a game. You know what? I've got a list, so I'm going to name a game. We're going to go around the room. If it's all yeses, then great, awesome. If it's noes, well, we'll move on. So the first game that I think that uh, will be nominated for Game of the Year is Elden Ring. No. <laughs> wow, brave. Brave to say, Sean. I'm starting off strong. 
and I feel like yeah. it's only going to get worse from here. But Ricky, we get the I mean, easy ones. Yeah, we'll get the easy ones out of the way. I think yeah. Elden Ring's going to be nominated. Ricky, you agree? I mean, if you're saying it, I haven't played the game and I'm saying yes and I have played the game, I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to get Perfect. Uh, Josh, what about yourself? Yes, this game will 100% be one of the nominees and may or may not be, you know, in contention with, let's say, one other game to be, to be the winner. So I think it's a very mm-hmm. safe bet. Jeffy Jeff will have Elden Ring. Uh, is as one of the game of the year nominees. So let's let's pencil that in right now. Okay, we'll pencil that in as a nominee. We'll talk about our personal feelings in a later podcast, but we are going to move on uh, to our more commercial thoughts. And so the next game that I'm going to bring up is Horizon Forbidden West. So I think that's going to get nominated. Ricky, do you think Horizon Forbidden West will be nominated? I have a question for you, Sean. Is it a Sony first party game? (laughs) Yes. Then yes, it's going to get nominated. All right, Josh, what about yourself? Let's let's put it on the list. I'm happy. I, yeah. I think I think so. Um, uh, we we will just have to play it by ear as we get to maybe you know options five, six, and seven. If Ooh. if it makes sense to keep so you're Horizon 50, you're fifty fifty. Uh, no, I, wow. look, I think ultimately it will be on the list. I, I really enjoyed Horizon, but you never know with these things. But yes, I I think so. I think it's a safe bet that. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West will be at least nominated. All right, so we're two for two. The next yep. one, mm. it's launched today. It's God of War Ragnarok. I think this is going to be at least a runner-up. And I haven't even played it. Yeah. So, Ricky, do you agree that God of War Ragnarok, the movie, will be number two? <laughs> three. Number three. Um, well, number uh, three. Yeah. So. Yeah, again, I... I, I come back to my former point is it a sony first party game yes uh, yes it will be nominated okay well that takes the second spot for you for sony first party titles uh, josh what about mm-hmm. yourself i think both personally and what i think will be on this list god of war ragnarok is definitely the other gaming contention for game of the year so i'm comfortable yep. having elden ring forbidden west and ragnarok as three of the six i think this is where we start getting to the interesting stuff right okay yeah so i've got a couple of i've got three interesting ones and if they don't pass, then I, I will pass on to uh, to one of you. So the next game that I have on the list that could make nominee for Game of the Year is Stray. Mm-hmm. So at, there's got to be an indie darling. I think this one's yeah, going to be it. Ricky, do you agree? Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the that as we said, the token indie spot, I don't think anything from the indie world kind of hit the zeitgeist as much as, as straight did this year. So, uh, yes, cat game gets on the list for me. I, I like how you say token indie game, like even though the token indie game won last year, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> Josh, what about yourself? I really enjoyed stray for what it is. I think it's got a, a, a great chance at winning indie game of the year. Right. But I don't think, uh, stray will be part of the six nominees this year. So, Let's put that in the circle back around All right. pile. We'll circle back be. to it. The next game that I have lined up is Cult of the Lamb, an Australian game. I think this is another one that is a big indie game. Looks a hell of a lot of fun. I, all I've heard is great stuff about this game. Ricky, do you think that Cult of the Lamb will make it? And I like if how, I like not... how we, we have... Okay, so by the way, for the, before Ricky, before you answer, we have our mm. own like list that we're kind of like jotting down and like live scroll. Josh has already put it in as number four. He hasn't even heard Ricky. <laughs> He's like, yeah, Ricky's going to say yes to this game. We're going to move on. It's going to be nice and easy. Okay, Ricky, tell us your thoughts now. 
Um, yeah, I think for that, like we said, the the, the token indie spot, it really it feels really hard to go past Stray, but I feel like Cult of the Lamb did real like hit really big as well. Um, I'm still happy to put it to the side for now. Josh, you're getting a bit ahead of yourself, but <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm willing to, to sort of just let it let it sit and we'll, we'll we'll circle back to it. I think. All right, the roguelite elements get there, don't they? Uh, mm. Josh, I'm going to take that as a yes from you. Yeah, I think when you think of Game of the Year nominees, you look at both scale and impact. And I think Cult of the Lamb was one of those like indie darling surprise hit. It was all over Twitter. It, it, it It's blown up. And I think very similar to how It Takes Two won it last year. And that was a similar thing, kind of came out of nowhere. Critics loved it. Fans loved it. It blew up. I think Cult of the Lamb will be that for this year. So I would personally think that this game would be nominated uh, for, for the game game awards but we can leave it off for now we haven't all agreed and we can yeah. circle back and we do love an australian game in the list so that's nice to yeah. see um the next one i have and this is my last one of my six so then we will circle around is a plague tale requiem i think this one's going to be part of it it's i think it's on a metacritic score of like 92 or 96 percent or something like that it's done ridiculously well in terms of critics i think this one's going to make the list ricky do you agree yeah, I've heard nothing but good things. It's something that I definitely want to circle back to. Hopefully, if I get time before the end of the year, if not early next year. Um, but yeah, I'm more than happy to uh, to let it go on the list. You know, even my dad was talking about this game, and I don't even know how he knew about this game. If it's if it's if it's reached the dad sphere, then yeah, uh, that's it's pretty so big. wild. He knew about this game, but he didn't know when Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two was coming out. Like that's <laughs> that's my dad in a nutshell. It's great. Anyway, yeah. Josh, what about yourself? A Plague Tale Requiem. Do you think that's going to be nominated for Game of the Year? I do. Um, this is a, a very similar to Ricky one that I've got on my list to go back to. I, I really enjoyed um, Innocence, which was the, the first. First yep. one. Um, and yeah, I think the only thing that really critics didn't like about this game was uh, the performance. I think it was running, you know, roughly about 30 frames per second on, on current gen hardware. The PC version re- was pretty intensive. It required like, I don't know, whatever you PC dorks, oh, the best uh, graphics card and the 480, 90, 70, whatever. Um, but I think single player, narrative driven, emotional experience... Uh, I, I do think Plague Tale will, will make the list. So I'm I'm agreeing. Okay. So we have four out of the six that we all agree on. Now, we will go around. So, Josh, I will hand it over to you. If you For your two others, that would be on the list. And then we'll go through yours. Then we'll go through Ricky's. And then we'll circle back. Because I have a list of games that I don't think so. But at least we can put them as part of the conversation. So, Josh, take it away. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five. So I've got six games here that I think could form part of a conversation. So I can run through them if we've got we're all saying your no. Yeses. Say no, no. Your yeses. Oh, my ones. You're all right. Okay. You know what I'm going to put in here? This is a wild card uh, one, and I've just got a feeling that this is going to be nominated. And it's a um, Xbox and PC game called Vampire Survivors. For those who don't know what it is, it's a pixelated kind of very simplistic action top-down game, um, very popular on the, the Valve Steam Deck, and it's just one of those pure gameplay-driven games made by a very small team, roguelike, just extremely popular. Um, I think it's sitting at about an 85 on Metacritic. It was getting 9s and 10s from, from some reviewers as well. 
Um, it isn't one I have played. I've seen it played and have only heard it's one of the most addictive games <laughs> you can play. Um, and I just have a, a, a... This year has been a bit weird in terms of like what's been released and, and the scale of what games that are announced on here. And I, I just have a feeling that you get your big single-player games, you get your big hitters, right? The ones that... All the easy ones that we spoke about at the start. And then you get kind of your cult of the lambs your vampire survivors in there so this is the one i'm going to put forward first um as something i think could be nominated all right who are you throwing to sean i don't think so i i think out of all the xbox games you could pick this is not the one i think that if there was to be an xbox game on the list or at least a primarily xbox game on the list yeah it it, it won't be this one so yeah, I'm, I'm, and, and so to I'm, be clear, I'm not putting it in because it's an Xbox game. I'm putting yeah, it in more because it's kind oh, of... Yeah, I'm thinking Jeff Keighley. Hit of the moment. Everyone's talking about it on Twitter. Everyone loves it. That's that's the reason yeah, I'm putting three it. Three PlayStation forward. games, an indie, an Xbox, and a multi-platform. That's how it is. That's how it's going to be. I don't think this will be the Xbox. <laughs> All right, what about you, Ricky? Um. Yeah, again, it, something that I heard a lot about when it dropped... Uh, something that I, I would like to circle back to at some point, but for right now, with only two slots left in, in our in our predictions, I don't think it can jump on just yet. But we will we'll come back to it. We'll circle back to it. Okay, circle back. Mm. All right, I've got because oh, I've got a so, list. Of, I've got a list of like ten games here. So like, yeah, roll off what we, you want. Should I keep roll off what I want? All right. Um, yeah. This one I think we can close out fairly quickly, but I think it's just worth having a conversation, and that's the Last of Us remake. Or The Last of Us Part 1. Yeah. Interesting. So, like, Resident Evil 2 Remake was nominated for Game of the Year previously. Um, So, there is some precedent to have remakes on here. I know Final Fantasy VII was also nominated in 2020, but that's completely built from the ground up. But in 2019, uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake was there. Look, personally, I think this game... I think Last of Us is, you know, one of the best games ever. But... I feel that it might be nominated for, you know, best narrative and win it, but I don't know if it'll necessarily be game of the year or on the list, but I think it's at least worth mentioning it. So yeah, Ricky, what about you? Um, of the, the sort of the four games we've got on our on our maybe list right now, Stray Cold of the Lamb Vampire Survivors. To me, this one look, it would be Silly to say straight up, oh no, because it's a remake. I-, I think there's a good chance this does get nominated because it is a first-party PlayStation game. We have seen precedent that remakes can make the list. Uh, I just don't want to. I just don't want to see it on the list, honestly. But I, I can definitely see a world where it does go on the list. So right mm. now, I'm probably going to say yes. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Ricky. Like, I don't necessarily think I want it on this list as someone who loves it. But you can't mm. deny the work's gone into it, the yeah. game, the story, the the production values. It's it's hard. But is, uh, is it Sean, as, is it as much? Is, sorry, just before, is it as much of a departure as like Resident Evil Two to the remake? Like that, no. was, a, that was a big, 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 big Final gap. Fantasy yeah. didn't get yeah. nominated. Final Fantasy Seven remake was in twenty twenty. That was oh, sorry, remake. Yeah. The, the, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, no, it it is still very much the twenty thirteen Last of Us. Um, I, I don't really look as someone who's played it intensely. I don't think there's much difference in the UI, the 
the way the you know the uh, characters interact and all that. Under now, uh, un, um, you can't deny the game's beautiful and the production values are through the roof and you know everything still holds up. The acting, everything's incredible. I still got emotional in some parts, but um, I'm I'm comfortable if Sean correct me and, and agree or disagree here. I think this game will be nominated for some sort of like best action game or best whatever, but I don't know. And this is coming from me. I don't know if it will be on on the Jeff Keighley no list. It won't. No. Um. Yeah, it definitely has its place. I don't think. I don't think game of the year. I'm. I'm just thinking about like for 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 the Last of Us. And I had to think about this for Last of Us Part One remake. You got to think of the optics of game of the year. Yeah. For the optics of game of the year, where you're trying to. Uh, as we said, you know, challenge each other, breed innovation, like that sort of stuff. I don't think it would be a, a wise decision for them to have it there. Like even just available to choose as part of game yeah. of the year. Like, don't get me wrong. It definitely has its place. There's definitely narrative uh, uh, categories to win. There's definitely po- possibly even mm. action adventure uh, narratives to, to, to lose the Elden Ring to. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be in the game of the year conversation when it's been a very quiet year compared to others. There, there is more out there. There is more innovation. There's more ingenuity rather than a remake of a game that was really well received. Yeah. And yeah. so with that, with that, I, I would say no. And also like, just imagine them like coming out and saying, yep, yeah, last of us remake part one, is um is nominated for game of the year what if it wins it like i know it's not yeah but but just just imagine what people would think like yeah. we, we already know that jeff Keeley loves playstation it, it, that'll tip it right over the edge even though it's yeah. a fan like like it's a fan voted critic voted everything voted thing like yeah i it wouldn't look good i i, I don't All think right. they give it a chance i think I think we agree to not put it as one of the rotation games. As much as I love it, we all agree probably will win other it's awards. A pers- it's a, but I think it's a personal choice more than a yeah. Jeff Keighley Game of the Year awards choice. Happy with that. Uh, just thought it was worth the chat, and it definitely was. All right, so the, I'm going to put these next three in a batch. Oh, jeez. Right? No. All <laughs> Nintendo... Uh, pick, pick, your, pick your games and then move on. <laughs> okay, I'll keep going. No, all right, next one. Games. All right. No, I, I'm just I'm just working through. The, yeah. I think these are all worth having conversation. They're probably part of your list as well. They are. So it just opens it up. <laughs> I bet you they are. Mario Rabbids, Sparks of Hope. Yeah. Developed by Ubisoft, Nintendo Switch. What are the other new two Nintendo Loved, games? Uh, Xenoblade and Bayonetta Three were the, yeah. the three. Oh, they were there. they were not the Nintendo games I was expecting. No, they, okay. they were um, they were the ones I was expecting. <laughs> okay. You missed yeah. you missed one so, as well, which I'm not sure if it was ready for this. Oh no, it was for this year. So there's one other you missed. Poke, Splatoon, poke bro. Oh, Splat. Ooh, 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 hold on, yeah. Splatoon. All right, so let's let's. I think okay, we, we got need... a Nintendo conversation to have right now. Yeah. Oh, well, can I throw in my Nintendo games as well? Yeah, yeah. Pokemon yeah. Arceus. Um, Pokemon Arceus and, no, uh, and Ruby. Ruby. And... And... Oh, sorry. Um, uh, Scarlet and Violet. No, no, no. no I'm, I'm ignoring those. Um, uh, Kirby. Um, Kirby's. Kirby what the fuck sorry. is it called? Forbidden yeah. Land. Of you can't even remember the name. For, yeah. no. <laughs> I, know, I know. I know. I feel bad. But it's like, not a Metroid. Of, of, the, of the Nintendo games that I played this year, uh, Kirby was definitely the most enjoyable. 
Um, I had a lot of fun with it. But again, I'm like, I just don't know. I don't even think a Nintendo game gets a nod this year, to be honest. No, uh, I think I think there is. All right, so let's 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 go through it. Let's start with Kirby. Let's start with the easy one. All right. <laughs> no, the easiest one. Let's start with Pokemon. We yeah, agreeing I... it's not on the list, right? I, no. I don't think it's there for no. game of the year. I think it's a great game. I don't think it's there for game of the year. Yeah. All right. No. See you later, Ash. All right. Next one. Um, Kirby. Forbidden Lands. Forbidden Worlds. No. Horizon. I, 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 it definitely has its, its charm. Not there for game of the year. It Family was my game favorite. of the year. Maybe. Maybe it might get a nod for that. Or platformer of the year might get something like that. Yeah, but so. not for game of the year. No. All right. Xenoblade. I think out of the Nintendo picks, probably it was a 90 on Metacritic, but I think one didn't really revolutionize will, anything. Okay. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 will absolutely be robbed and not have a nomination. Yeah. It should so that be. Leaves us with it will be robbed. Bayonetta. Mario Rabbids and uh, Splatoon. Out of those I three, got, I think it's. I want to put a strike. I want to put. Yeah, I'm going to put a strike through Splatoon. Um, I've heard nothing about that game since its oh, launch. Harsh. Just sold extremely well. Oh, but harsh. Nintendo I, games. Sold. I just haven't. Heard, yeah, I know it's a Nintendo game. They always sell well, but I just haven't Splatfests, heard like any. Jeez, they've got like the Pokemon themed one where like you pick your color for your starter. No, it just uh, it hasn't. Single it hasn't player. hit the. It, it really, I'll t- it really personally, I think it's out of Mario Rabbids or Bayonetta. Rabbids won't. It's a Ubisoft game. Fuck that. No. Yeah. Uh, I but don't know. Well, look, it, 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 of, of the games we've talked about, I could put my mo- like my most weight behind Bayonetta. Um, but again, it's it's still of of is it the sixth best game of the year, or is it the, like the sixth most talk about game of the year that's going to get a nom? I don't think so. But of Nintendo this year. They've had a pretty light year. Just um, imagine Nintendo. Got... Just imagine Nintendo fans. If you have to pick between like Mario Rabbids or Bayonetta three, like they've been banging for blood for Bayonetta. Yeah, I just yeah. think that there will be the other game that I've got, which I don't know if it's out on the Switch or is coming out on the Switch. It's definitely available on PC and it's very, very well received, very well liked, and it's a game called Neon White, which is a card-based uh, yep, 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 momentum yep. shooter. It. That's okay. People love really that good, game. really good game. Really good indie game. Won't take the spot. Yeah. So that leaves us with Bayonetta or Mario Rabbids. I, I'm going to say Bayonetta, but I, I, that's just of the Nintendo games. I still don't think it makes the six. But I'm pretty sure we can yeah. put it down, and we can come back. I'm a, yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy for both Bayonetta and for Mario Rabbids to be part of the conversation. Uh, but at the end of the day, like if you're looking at game of the year. Mario Rabbids like had a massive marketing campaign, has had little to no impact. I've heard more about Mario Strikers, to be honest. And I, I've heard and m- more about bloody Wii Sports and when golf is coming. We still don't know, but people want golf. Like I want golf. See, th- th- more about that. Why is so the Wii Sports part of this? We're, we're putting that that in the loop. Sorry, Switch uh, Sports. Come back to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, we're, uh, we're, the last game on my list. <laughs> is uh, an Xbox game. Well, it's on everything now, but it originated as an Xbox exclusive, and that's Tunic. Okay. Ooh, yeah. The Zelda-like, top-down, indie darling. Mm. 90 on it's Metacritic. Number seven or eight, I think. I, I don't... Yeah. I, don't I, I think there are other indie games that they will put there. I, I, I definitely think it, it should be part of the conversation. I don't think for the Game of the Year awards... I, yeah. I think there are other games that they will put there for that spot. Mm. All right. Yep. Let's put that in the circle back. All right, let's move. That's my list completely. All right, completely Ricky, do you done. have any in your list? 
Otherwise, we'll go yeah, back to I mine. Yeah, I do. I've, I've got a couple that we haven't touched on just yet. Yep. Um, my first one is, I'm actually surprised that uh, Josh didn't bring this one up, but uh, I hope... Seafood. Oh, my God. Se seafood. Yes, seafood. seafood. Yeah. Coming um, to Switch. Yeah, uh, yeah right. coming to Switch. But yeah, switch. Um, yeah, I think seafood. Uh, again, it's it's on my list of circle backs for 2022. Um, but from all that I heard of this game, it did get a little bit squashed because it came out right before Elden Horizon Ring and then and then Elden Ring. But um, I think having heard you talk about it, Josh, and just sort of a few of the people that I uh, listen to in the games media, every one of them has said that Sifu is is something that's definitely worth playing. So I think for yeah. me, it's it's one that I'll, I want to put on the list. Uh, what about you guys? I liked it more than Horizon Forbidden West. Okay, that's a, that's a pretty good yes. Sean? <sighs> Look, we, we, we've had the... Okay, so it's going to be in the indie game of the six. You know what? Th there's been a few indie games. There might even be two spots for indie games. and like Potentially, potentially. Yeah. Uh, I, I've, I got, I've got an that. Xbox game in mind, which I'll bring up in a sec, but... Um, mm. Well, let's put it on I the think, list. Let's get yeah, your game. I think, and I think then puts, we'll go puts, back puts Sifu on the list. Definitely part on of the, the conversation. Circle back. Yeah, on the circle back. Yeah. Um, yep. The Xbox game that I've been talking well, I've been thinking for the last 10 minutes Grounded. Oh, yeah. yeah Finally true, got its, its full release. Technically not in beta anymore. Not in beta anymore. Millions of people play it. It's yeah. like Xbox won't shut the fuck up about it. Right. It's very right. true. It is definitely one of the things they're pushing very so it's, hard. I, I think it's definitely one of the games that's up there as part of the conversation. I personally definitely... I personally don't think it's going to be part of the six. No. But if they were going it... if they were going to absolutely pick an Xbox game, that would be it. it mm. Well, I mean, it's probably not going to be Halo Infinite, is it? <laughs> no. No. Notice how we haven't even mentioned it until now? Well, so, uh, that was that was going to be my other game after I mentioned yeah, Seafood. Nah, I was going to just sort of throw soz. throw Halo out there. Um, it's part of my it's part of my list to talk to talk about as well. So it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it didn't qualify last year. I was hoping that it would do enough to sort of give itself a chance this year. I think we can all agree that it was a a fun campaign, an enjoyable experience. But Flash the, in the pan. As, yeah, especially like the multiplayer side of things has definitely let it down, and it's faded from conversation very very quickly. In so yeah. Yeah, it kind of sucks. Um, and then I think the last one that I wanted to talk about was... Shit, I've forgotten. Um, I think we, we might have touched on it at some point. But yeah, I think everything else that I was going to touch on, we've touched on. So, okay. Sean, if you got anything yeah. else before... I've got, I've got some other games to throw in there, which I know that we yeah. won't pick, but um, we may as well mention them. Saints Row. No. No. No, Perfect. no way. Gotham <laughs> Knights. No. No. <laughs> I've actually got a friend who it's a, it's a, it. he loved it. It's a it's a it's a big game. It's based on obviously famous IP. They do tend to get a nod every now and then, mm. but I just don't think that the the fallout from that game and all the issues that people have had with it it's it's hard to justify it as one of the six best games of the year. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, I remember the other one that I wanted to mention now. Um, uh, just throwing it out there, Call of Duty. Um, the biggest launch of all time. I, I did um, actually have the, it, yeah. It, to me, it does feel like a return to form for Call of Duty. Uh, kind of hard to ignore it. And yeah, like the fact that it's currently their, their biggest game of all time, which is kind of crazy, um, at least for the, the launch window we've had for it. Uh, be silly not to at least mention it. 
I will say this. Going back as far as 2014, there hasn't been a Call of Duty game nominated for Game of the Year. And the yeah. way that the Game of the Year, the Game Awards, Game of the Year nominations Jeff work Keighley. is outlets select games and they're weighted based on the size of the outlet. So your IGNs, GameSpots have a high weighting. Then there's kind of your YouTube people, your Easy Allies, kind of funny, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So we need to, I guess, look at it from that perspective. And I think that fan base or that, that very hardcore IGNs, GameSpots, I don't think are going to put Call of Duty as that. And looking at the reviews for Call of Duty, as much as it sold extremely well, from the big outlets, I don't think it received that positive reviews, especially the, yeah. the, the campaign. A lot of the campaign feedback is, you know, plays it safe, blah, 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 blah. So I think Call of Duty will definitely be nominated for Best Shooter and probably will win it, right? But um, mm. I think I think the list that we've got for not only the, the four games we've picked and the circle backs, I think those two missing nominations are in that list. Um, yeah, I have, get everyone up. Oh, yeah, go. I, I have was just two, give two, okay, yep. two last games that I want to bring up. All right, and then, and then I, th I think I think we will find it from the group. So the first game that I want to bring up is Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Okay, yeah. The second game I want to bring up is Overwatch 2. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I think no to both. Ugh. I mean, if we're talking about Dead on Arrival, Overwatch kind of shat the bed a lot. Um, and Tiny Tina's, uh, it is definitely on my list of circlebacks, but... I don't know. It was, the hype was definitely there the first like two weeks the game launched, and then I kind of haven't heard anything since. And we're not even talking mm. about things like you know multiverses and two point canvas. No, Stella like, came I, out recently. Um, yeah, Gran Turismo Seven Multi actually came out this year. It did. Yeah, it did. But yeah, no, um, but racer. that was trash. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look for for Callisto Protocol. They, that is won't it, make it. That's going to be that, cut off. Cause that's oh, oh, game, is right? that coming out yeah, after? Yeah. What a shame. Yeah. So that's the thing, right? Well, I think the other one as well is like, does is Pokemon going to qualify in time or not? No, I don't, I don't Probably think it will. Probably not. No. But I, I think the list that... I, I think the Wonderlands and the... What was the other one, Sean? Uh, Overwatch 2. Um, Overwatch, Overwatch 2. 2. I don't think, again, the games of the year that we remember, we look back on, I don't think any of those games are on there. All right. So um, let's let's look at the remaining list that we have. So, okay, we've already got on our list that we think is going to be game of the year, Elden Ring, Horizon Forbidden West, God of War Ragnarok, and A Plague's Tale Requiem. Yep. We have two spots remaining. Mm -hmm. Here are the list of candidates that could be in those last two spots that we think. Stray, Cult of the Lamb, Vampire Survivors, Bayonetta 3, Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope, Tunic, Sifu, and Grounded. Now, my two cents for all of those games, I honestly think Cult of the Lamb will be there. Yep. And, I I, I, and the big one that's like sticking out to me is Bayonetta 3. Okay. So like they're, they're the ones that kind of stick out to me what what do you reckon ricky uh i'm happy to ride with you on cult of the lamb um but my my next best i think would probably be probably be sifu yep and then it's a bit of a wash after that for me everything's kind of there thereabouts but you know all right what about yourself josh i agree i think cult of the lambs is is one of the nominees so i think based on that we add that in as our fifth option. Any okay. any objections? No. Speak no. now or forever hold your peace. No. Happy with that. All right. 
Next, I want to wipe out a few games. I okay. think Stray was good. I don't think it's going to be... It might be nominated for Best Indie Game of the Year. It, and I'm not discrediting yeah. the game. I just don't think it made that much of an impact. And added, I don't think the, it was that great. I think a lot of it is just the fact that like Sony were pushing it marketing-wise huge because uh, it launched the same time as, as the new PlayStation Plus. But yeah, I think uh, for actual impact, I think, yeah, probably not as big as some other games on this list. All right. How yeah. do we feel about Vampire Survivors? Oh, I'm happy to wipe it. I, I, I think there are stronger titles there. Uh, I yeah, think so too. Definitely, I've yeah. just got to, I, I, I agree we wipe it off, but I have this funny feeling that we're going to come back in a week and be like, wow, it was like one of those kind of random Yeah, picks. But I'm happy to I haven't actually the... heard about it until you brought it up. That's I mean, fine. yeah. I think for the purpose of, of today's discussion, let's let's wipe her off, right? Vampire right. Survivors is out. So that leaves us with Bayonetta 3, Mario Rabbit, Sparks of Hope, Tunic, Sifu, Grounded. Now, on Grounded, I can very much see this game being nominated. Yeah. The issue I have with it is will it kind of land in like kind of best ongoing game or, you know, something along those lines? Best co-op game. Best co-op game, best you know yeah. th- that type I of think thing. Destiny, it kind of, Destiny game, it, kind of, it kind of has the same feeling to me and vibe, and maybe it's just the art style. But like, it does remind me a lot of It Takes Two, and I don't feel like they're gonna sort of go with two of those sort of games back to back for last year and this year. So well, okay, so that's the reason. That's the reason I would wipe it off the list. Okay, so out of those five games, Ricky. You've got Sifu as one of your games. Out of those five, what's your, what would be your second? Uh, of those games there... Probably Tunic. I've probably heard the most about the game and, and okay. know, it's had the most impact uh, in, in my sphere anyway. My two that I can see out of that that stand out would be Bayonetta 3. Mm-hmm. And tunic. Okay. I think okay. I I okay. think like okay. I'm just looking at the games and I'm like, tunic was kind of like one of those quiet games. It's it's done really well. It's nice, cutesy. The art style is a little bit different to everything else that's nominated there, and it kind of feels like one of those indie games that's going to get one of the nominees. It's not going to win. I don't think it's going to no. win, but it could definitely be there. Like, if we're going to pick an Xbox game, it's grounded. But that that'd be mm. probably my two. Josh, what about you? With your big, you know players? what? I'm gonna surprise a few people. I don't think Tunic will be on there. Right. Um, okay. What do you think? Okay. I think Sifu is my personal personal pick. But I again, I think it's gonna get shafted. It's gonna be the um, uh, what was uh, uh Returnal? It's gonna be the Returnal of, oh, okay. of uh, 2022. Oh, 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 that, that's yeah. the other thing um, in my mind with it as well. Yeah. Is- yeah. So I would put my bet that grounded would get a nom right give it give it its due you know it relaunched day one uh you know version 1.0 and well received well played played by millions of people um and my second pick i don't think bayonetta bayonetta 2 had been nominated previously in whatever year it launched um i don't think the reception for bayonetta 3 is as positive as bayonetta the the voice acting Oh, there's that side of it, the controversy to that, but the reviews have, have kind of said it's got the weakest story out of all of them. There's a lot of mini games thrown in there that that kind of hamper the the you know the, the frenetic action. Yeah. 
So I think based on that, I'm going to say grounded. And Mario. <laughs> I, I've got a feeling that Mario is going to be nominated. Uh. Like there hasn't been any any negative feedback, which makes this very difficult. You know, I'm, but I'm I'm happy to okay, I'm happy to concede Bayonetta. Okay, I'm the so only one holding where would you like to move your where would you like to move your vote? Grounded. To grounded. Okay, so that leaves us with Tunic and Grounded as our two picks based on the most votes. I like how they're both mine. Thank you very much. Um, so it's basically Seafood or Mario Rabbids. What would you kick out first? I'd kick out Mario I Rabbids. I think they both need to go. I think they both need to go. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for them both to go. That's, that, that's fine. All right. Um, so then... We've got four out six for our six nominees. We have Elden Ring, Horizon Forbidden West, God of War Ragnarok, Plague Tale Requiem, Cult of the Lamb, and we have to choose the sixth spot that we think will be part of the Game Awards for 2022 out of either Tunic or Grounded. I think Grounded. I think, I think, I think yeah, I agree. Out of those does, two, the, does the fact that it launched early as a beta hurt it at all? I don't think so. I, I think, think so. because it's been and, such a redemption in terms of what's happened from the beta to now, that's why it's going to be nominated. It's, it's not going quite to be like the, Sky, but like yeah. it's it's that same sort of pathway. Yeah. Not only that, it's yeah. one of the only Xbox games. Like I'm going to say it's an Xbox game. I, I don't even know if it's first party, but like it is. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, now technically, yeah. so like an Xbox first party title that's come from the brink. Xbox need a goodwill story this year, and I think Jeff Keighley's going to give him this little bit of breadcrumbs and say. All right, you had your fun. Here you go. Halo was shit, but here's here's, <laughs> yeah. here's your grounded. Here's your, your kids in the Honey I Shrunk the Kids moment in the backyard. Have fun. Uh, can you cop it, Ricky? Right, I, I I will I will I will concede. Uh, I will I will allow grounded to go on the list. And when uh, when it's when it's Sifu, uh, when the uh, when the nominees get announced, I will come back. Uh, you know. When it's chortling. Vampire right. Survivor. So I think what we're going to do is this. We've got our list of six. I want yep. you all to pick one game that isn't on here that you're going to come back to us and say, I told you. And I'm going to say it's Vampire Survivor. I'm going to say it's Sifu. I'm going to say Bayonetta 3. Okay. Right. Actually, you we'll, know what? We'll... No, you know what? I'm going to change it. I'm not going to do Bayonetta oh, okay. 3. Okay. Um, I was going to pick one, but they've all been deleted. Um, yeah, start, start Control z Okay. Yep. Yeah. Is it going to be Mario Rabbids, Sean? Is that what it's going to be? Control Z. Just Control Z. Okay. That was everything. So we had um, so we had Vampire Survivors and Sifu. You know what? It's going to be fucking Stray. All right. Yeah, it probably is actually. Probably. No, no, no. You you got your pick. Yeah. So that that and that I like, I like how we're, we're editing a document here we're, we're doing it live yeah. as you can see yeah, because we are a live show so we are doing everything live alright yeah. so that is now Busy Playing Something's prediction of Jeff Keighley's The Game Award The Game of the Year nominees 2022 yes <laughs> and yes. that list is number one Elden Ring mm-hmm. number two Horizon Forbidden West mm-hmm. number three God of War Ragnarok four A Plague Tales Requiem five Cold of the Lambs and six grounded. It's just one lamb, bro. And and the winner is exclusive. Uh, uh, yeah, actually, yeah. Who do we think Jeff Keighley's <laughs> going to pick? 
Or do Elden we want to save that for save another that. episode? We'll save it for once we know who the nominees are. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, we can put our put our two cents in now for our predictions, but I'm 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 still putting my money behind Elden. Yeah, that's we'll, our predictions. We'll, we'll, once once we actually get the actual nominees, then we can have another yeah, discussion. Yeah, we can have a little bit of fun, think. and we'll we'll have those nominees, and we'll have that discussion. Hopefully Poss- next next week, maybe. Possibly week, yeah. next week. Yeah. So hopefully yeah. those of you who have been listening and those of you still watching, uh, you will see us next week right here on YouTube at 7.30 p.m. Australian, Dallas, Dallas Savings Time, uh, with Josh in the dark Just- and us all nice and bright and all that sort of thing. What the <laughs> hell? Put your light back on. I, forgot, I did forget to put my light on, so I am re- relying on a white screen here. So that, that's I've got is. lights on and I just look red as shit. Like, I'm sweating in that's here. That's because you've got moment. a big red light on. The moment yeah, we are done, I am I am uh, out of this room. Do you not have air conditioning in your new house? I'm getting it installed at the moment. Oh, okay. oh, fair. It wasn't part of our build. So nice I'm fan, like right oh. here blowing. It's uh, it's a sw- it's like sweatshop sitting sitting right a, there, just underneath there. I got a, I got a tower just blowing on my legs, making me nice and cool. All right, you're killing me here. I'm so, I'm, I'm dripping. All right, okay, dropping, okay, okay. Stop sweating. We're both, we're both the filthy filthy renters, and you're the bloody homeowner, and we got better aircon than you do. Yeah, I but I don't know. It's not aircon. It's a fan because I don't well, have aircon in the house because I can't get it installed because the house is too old. No, no, I don't have aircon here. It's filthy renter. Re- oh my god! No, no, I'm going to black screen again. Hold on. All right. Where am I? Anyway, oh god, he's he's disappeared. Okay, Where's he I'm gone? Back, I'm back. I'm back. All right. So we're 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 done for today. Thank you very much uh, for watching. Hopefully you have enjoyed it and you have an idea yourself about what you think will be nominated for game of the year in December. Uh, make sure you let us know what you think is going to win. I know a lot of people are going to say God of War. I know a lot of people are going to say Sonic Frontiers. But, you know, the whole point of this conversation... You didn't even mention Sonic. And? No, it's not going to, it's not going to be anywhere near that. It's and, not going to be anywhere near it. Anyway, so thank you very much for watching. Hopefully you have enjoyed it. Make sure you do like and subscribe to the video and the channel. We do have a whole bunch of stuff going. We are starting to grow. We are starting to get big. And you want to make sure that you have jumped onto this train ride because it's going to be a bumpy ride and we'd love for you to join us. So thank you very much, Josh. Thank you very much, Ricky. Thank you very much for being here today. Hopefully you have enjoyed yourselves. And uh, Josh, I'll let you uh, sign us out for today's episode. Bring native PS3 backwards compatibility to PS5. Thank you very much. Goddamn straight. It's never going to happen.